So, to our first-time listener friends, We Come From Queens is a bi-weekly millennial lifestyle lifestyle podcast. I'm just not going to rewind anymore. When listening to the show, please let us know that you're listening by using the We Come From Queens hashtag, which is hashtag WCFQ, and use it on our social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram. Let us know that you're listening, weigh into the conversation, and whatever you want to do. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Ready to go? Yep. Uh let's let's get to business. So okay, wow. Um you good? it's like this is the moment I've been waiting for and now it's <laughs> here. Oh we Yeah, so can I say something? You sure can. Okay. So okay, I'll start with this first. I take the Metro North to and from work, right? One thing I've been working at my job like a year and a half that I'm very tired of is every time it rains and there's a little bit of thunder or something and there's some wind, a tree falls down on the track, thus extending my commute most times from work to get home. Mm. Now, I cannot understand why I pay a lot of money to take this freaking Metro North train and they don't have some sort of proactive um, routines that they do. It's we live in the where we live in in the country. It's going to rain. It's going to be windy. New York is known to, for having like hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff. It's not notoriously known, but these things happen. The winds get strong. Why don't they check the trees frequently and cut and remove the weak trees and weak branches so that when it rains it doesn't have to fall on the tracks and damage the third rail get the third rail spark a fire whatever it does like why is this every time it rains i'm like okay so it's probably gonna take me a little bit longer to get home today that's just frustrating me the second thing i'd like to say which would be the last thing is that i um It's really being reinforced how much of a pet peeve it is for me when people do not hold the door for them themselves. Like, I don't. Oh, I'm the same way, girl. It is, it is Mm -hmm. so, like, I feel like the last month, it's just really, really been irking me a lot, okay? Um, There is a young woman at my job who, as of lately, like, does not like to hold the door for herself. And... If she does, she does this very light tap of the door where it's like a fake touching the door. Like she's just doing it to make us feel comfortable almost. Um, And it just is starting to really, really get under my skin. So much so that if she's behind me, I'm not even holding the door for her. If she's behind me, I'm probably going to be the one squeezing through the door. And now you have to open it. Now you have to open it for yourself. Because (laughs) you... I'm not holding the door because I like to, one. I'm not holding the door because we're back in the 1940s and that's what I am get paid a couple cents to do. Uh-huh. I'm not doing that. I'm holding right. the door out of the courtesy that there's someone Hello. behind me and I, the door, I, I'm just trying to be a good person. But uh-huh. you think you're cute or something. Like, I don't know. And it's just, it's just starting to bother me. So, like, every time I see her I'm almost, I'm just like, but she ain't never hold a damn door. Right, I'm not sure. And I, I actually, unfortunately, I'm going to go into a third thing, right? I also am getting a bit annoyed at, like, this whole... This has happened in previous jobs, but it's been, like, more blatant, where people, like, just, like, act like they don't know you all of a sudden. And 
it's just no it's just really weird like how you go from saying good morning to people like in wherever places in your work environment and then all of a sudden they kind of start mumbling good morning back to the point where they don't say anything back to the point where it's like you're just talking to yourself even though there's another person in the same vicinity so Mm -hmm. I'm not about to continue wasting my breath to say good morning to you I actually would prefer not to speak sometimes because like no, I'm the same way I do I do that at work yeah because like, then like well you're a teacher so you talk a lot throughout your day um no but I'm saying just like the co-workers like I'll come in in the morning and I'll see people and I'll say good morning and like people throughout the day well I, they don't see me and I'm just like you know honestly I don't have time for this because yeah. like, the job is stressful enough like you I can keep my hello to myself and I understand that. too like you see someone a couple times a day you don't want to keep saying hello right but if I say good morning to you when I see you hi but then it also okay. goes a step further where they're like trying very hard not to even make eye contact exactly. and do that, like you know that that weird smile thing like, mm-hmm. like acknowledgement mm-hmm. and i'm just like this is so freaking Crazy. weird mm-hmm. and then there was this one person that i contributed to their fundraiser <clears throat> that acts like they don't know me a lot of times so i didn't right. say i'm giving a lot of money to them but i was just like you know what but you contributed right yeah okay. it's a creative person just trying to do a thing oh but now since we don't know each other I, we don't know each other. I used to say hi to you when I see you because I, we, I thought we were like, okay, but I'm fine. Like, I'm, and this doesn't affect, this doesn't mean that I don't like my job. This doesn't mean that my work culture environment has changed or anything. It's just really like passive aggressive things or like petty things that I've been noticing. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, just like, stop. This is a very nice place to work at. Why are you guys doing this? Like, this this why mm-hmm. they give us fruit loops and corn pops like every day we get donuts and ice cream and stuff like that like why <laughs> no for real though why That's real. are you being like this but mm-hmm. anyways people come into their with their own stuff so i'm cool i'm just not saying good morning to a whole bunch of people and you know i'm fine yeah i hear you i'm, I'm with you girl because i do that's me that's what i do mm-hmm. um what was my say something hi can i say something yeah what do you what do you have to say um, so I'm kind of still living in the overflow of curl fast. I think it kind of died for me a little bit, like maybe a few minutes ago. <laughs> but like all day long, I was living in the curl fest overflow. Uh, so by the time this episode comes out, curl fest would have been two weeks ago. But like, I woke up this morning and I was just like, so grateful. <laughs> I was just like, God, like, thank you for this. I went to church late. Like I went to the latest service and I was still late. But like. As I was riding to, um, after church, I was riding to, I went to get my car washed and I just felt good. I turned on some Beyonce and I was just shining my whole ride, car ride. And I went to TJ Maxx and I just felt good. Like, I was just like, life is so good in this moment. Called a Maxinista? I was being a Maxinista, yeah. And um, I was just feeling so great. I went to Pier 1. I haven't been there since I bought my infamous coffee table. Oh, jeez. So it felt good to be there. Um... I just, you know, <laughs> I'm just happy. <laughs> no, that's really, really good. Yeah, and so I'm I'm happy because it's summertime, and I feel like I, I really have a control over my life now. Yeah. And so I'm about to, like, this week is about to be so amazing. Like, I just feel like I'm about to kill this week. So that's my one can I say something. And my second can I say something is it just continues with my positive vibes because I wanted to talk about men again, but I'm just not going to do that. Okay. Um. I really love my kids this summer. So I never really said what I did on the podcast over the summer. Uh, I don't even really know if I still want to say it. But I do work with kids still. And um, I just love these kids so freaking much. Like, I adore these kids. And for me, I'm going to be very honest, there's there's just something about working with black children (laughs) that just gives me this thrill. Like, 
it's, it just like really tugs in my heart and I just feel so empowered, overjoyed, even when they're pissing you off. Because my fifth graders, mm, they will give you a run for your money. Oh, but um, yeah, like I really, I just really enjoy the work that I do and I really enjoy the children that I'm working with. Yeah, there was this little boy I was sitting next to on the bus the other day. And, you know, <laughs> whenever I sit with kids, it's just interesting to get into their world when you're one-on-one. So he's, I think he's six. And he gave me problems before we even got on the bus. Like, he was just giving me some issues. And I was like, you know what? You might want to stay because you can't, you can't just get yourself together. Mm. Got on the bus. I sat next to him. And, like, he was like my bestie. He started telling me that his favorite book is uh don't let the pigeon drive the bus oh my god you know how i feel about that book i was just like oh my gosh that's my favorite book too i'm sure anybody who was around probably like she's lying (laughs) like i was just like this is my favorite book and he was telling me how mo williams is his favorite author we had a grand old time but then he went off on a tangent he started telling me like a million and one other things and i was like how do we reel it back because i don't even know what we're talking about but anyway the rant is basically that i love working with children i love working with black children specifically because they turned all the way up that day and I appreciated it when the music started to play. Um, yeah, so just I'm just happy. I'm just I had a happy week. I had a happy weekend and I'm just here, okay? That's it. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm happy to hear that. I also chime <laughs> in you. that today was also very chill for me. I didn't uh, get yeah. to make it to church again, but I've been you know, I I mean, I can't speak for other women. I actually would like to know about other women, too. But I, like, really did a severe purge of, like, beauty products and beauty-related things and, like, stuff that I don't even use anymore because I'm I'm natural. I don't have relaxed hair. Like, all that sort of stuff. I just, like, tossed, 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 tossed. And old products from, like, all those free events that we used to get go to and just like it's like a hold on to it because i'm like oh but it was free i might use it and it's like this is a couple years old like you probably shouldn't put this in your hair yeah, if it is okay. organic or natural it probably has an expiration date and you should just toss it i'm pretty sure it can't last three years um so anyways that was good let's get into today's topic which is pretty hurts and this is a part of our summertime summertime fine series this, this topic is brought to you by Kadesha. So tell tell the listeners what <laughs> wait, you by Kadesha. Am yeah. I a sponsor yet or not? I mean, I guess. Technically <laughs> we do sponsor this podcast. Hey, we sure do. <laughs> um so I can't honestly I can't remember where the idea stemmed from, but I remember feeling like we should do a pretty hurt. I think it came from like one of my Kadesha's corner posts and mm-hmm. I was thinking about like body image. And how heavily invested I am in body image. I honestly feel like that's where it came from. And I remember having a conversation with you maybe two years ago, just talking about like, I mean, anybody who knows me, anybody who's followed the Canadian's Corner uh, little thing that I have going knows that um, one of my main goals as far as fitness is like my mid section. So getting my stomach down, having abs, whatever. And I remember having a conversation with you about abs or something. And you were, I was talking about like wanting to be Beyonce snatched because that's always a body goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, you were talking about waist trainers and how people go through all these different lengths to attain this body that I'm working effortlessly in the gym to achieve. And I remember you specifically saying pretty hurts, right, my friend. No, pretty hurts is a real thing, my friend. And I was just like, like for me, that was like an aha moment. I was just like, whoa. So it's always kind of sat with me. Yeah. So I, I feel like the seed for this episode probably started two years ago. And then earlier this year, it kind of came to me. I was like, we need to talk about this. 
And I think what better time than summertime? That's true. That is so, very true. So, yeah. So, uh, basically, the layout of this episode, like, we're going to break down the lyrics of Pretty Hearts. And we haven't broke, broke down lyrics in a, in a while. Break it, it down. I, I can't even, honestly, break, I can't break, talk. Break, 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 I had some dark chocolate, and I think I need some water to wash it down. What? I just feel like. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to break down the lyrics of Pretty Hurts, and then we're going to get into um, just like, you know, defining what pretty is and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you want to start with lyrics, or do you? Nah. No? Okay. So, um, if you don't, if you have never listened to the Pretty Hurts song, I would suggest you stop right here, right now, and look up Beyonce's Pretty Hurts. We're going to give you a minute, <clears throat> moment of silence. Okay. This is, that was just your pausing point. So, hopefully you pause it there, you listen to the song, so that you can know exactly what it is that we're talking about. <laughs> so, there were a few things from the song that I highlighted, and um, we'll just talk about that. Yeah. Um, so, one thing that Beyonce says in the song over and over again is, perfection is a disease of a nation. And so, that resonated deeply with me, because I feel like we're all essentially striving for our own ideal of what perfection is. Most people... You know, and I think that in the age of social media, which we touched on before, that it's so easy to look into someone else's life and think that they have it mapped out and think that they're perfect. Uh, That's like that uh, correlates with so many different elements of life. But obviously, I'm talking specifically body. So like me, I'll look at some fitness people who I follow like, oh, my gosh, their body is snatched. Even just like regular people, like there's somebody who I know who I just feel like her her body's flawless. And like, I want to get to that. So for me, that's. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, she's a celebrity. So That's not who you're but thinking of? That's not who I'm thinking. I'm thinking of actually like somebody who's in our friend circle. Oh. Not like directly in our friend circle, but somebody that we both know. I feel like I know who you're talking about now. You might know who I'm talking about. I'll tell you after. Um You never do actually. Huh? I said you hardly you hardly You're right. You. <laughs> Cuz I forget. Then I've you know listened to the episode. I'm like, "Wait, but she never told me." <laughs> But you know what it is? We are often rushing to get off the phone. After. I know, that's true. Yeah, so that's that's really what it is. Um, but when you listen back to the episode, you can text me. I like, know, oh, Yeah, true. I never told you this. Because I listen back and I'm like, yeah, I never told that. And you still don't tell me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll have a moment, okay? Mm-hmm. I promise. This time, I think. <laughs> um, actually, Cynthia Arrivo is definitely a good example for me. Because like, I strive to get her body when I go to the gym. Like I use her workouts and stuff. But, um, yeah, there's, like, a more even more real person. Because Cynthia Rio has the money and the resources to do these things on a consistent basis. Okay. basis. Um, but just looking at this particular girl's body, and I'm just like, yo, how is her stomach so freaking flat? Like, I don't think she works out like I work out. I don't think so. And how does she do that? So the perfection of the disease of a nation thing is so real because it is a disease of a nation. We're all striving for that. And it's just, like, perfection is, is really not attainable. You know, whatever your idea of perfection is, just kind of be comfortable with the cards that you've been dealt and do your best. Like me doing my best is going to the gym frequently, eating well. You're doing your best, girl. So, yeah. So, I guess my commentary on perfection being the disease of a nation is just with the rise of all these alleged solutions, especially with Mm -hmm. the Instagram culture and Twitter. I see it, Mm -hmm. um, some on Twitter too, with like... So you have waist trainers, you have mm-hmm. waist wraps, Flat you have 
the the booty pads and you have the stuff that like the cheeks are cut out so that they kind of can like lift your cheeks lift, or something yeah, yeah you mm-hmm. have that you've That's always crazy. had spanks um right. you you have like padded bras and like this perfect sculpt bra the you know the, the strapless drawstring bra like that took mm-hmm. off and it's like all these things are supposed to like solve all these different problems you have well um i'm sorry i don't think i would lump that that um the last bra that you mentioned in with those only because that's just like for when you're wearing backless things um to a certain extent but they some people who were trying to promote it or advertising Mm it were just like look how it can lift your boobs and give you like all this great cleavage but if you have big boobs it can't lift it if it doesn't have straps like it's your boobs are still going to be where they are because of gravity and it can give it can't it can't give you that much great cleavage because you already have a lot of boobs and you already have your own cleavage there going on so it's just like i feel like when it came to that bra like not everybody should have been trying to sell it like not everybody like there were some people that it actually made sense like you can see like oh yeah now you do have cleavage and it kind of lifts but your boobs are not heavy so it can lift your boobs right 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 um so even the um sorry even the strapless bra that the um the backless bra that i have like those chicken cutlet type yeah that gives you cleavage so you don't have to order the instagram bra no (laughs) no but my the still the thing is like the, I get you though. Yeah, I'm just the, going off one There's all these different things that have been created to solve an alleged problem. Right. So also with that, now we have like celebrity cosmetic surgeons. Dr. Miami, he's a big deal. But a lot of people follow his Snapchat because he like live uh debuts his surgeries, if you will. There's you see the cosmetic uh, doctors on TV if you have cable there's someone up here in Lexington Avenue or something I even think he and his wife have a TV show maybe on Wii or Oxygen something like that and it's just like it is a disease of this nation and like look at all these things that have been generated to supply a demand of trying mm-hmm. to be perfect Yeah, and you just see people going too far you see people oh, yeah. doing too much Mm-hmm. And then you see people eventually, if they do, say, like, you know what? I wish I didn't go that far. I'm actually yeah. trying to reduce this. I'm actually trying to lighten up the load or yeah. dif- different things like that. So when she's and saying... it's like, with medical things, there's, like, complications with that, too. That always scares me. Yeah, and it's just, like, people go to different countries and they're doing illegal surgeries. Yeah. Or they're doing hotels or, bra- I don't know, doing whatever, wherever. So when Beyonce's here saying perfection is a disease of a nation, like, I greatly think it is. And also, yeah. in that sense, but then we're also seeing a significant rise in, like, Instagram personal trainers. And a lot of them, we don't know what their background is completely mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of nutrition and in terms yeah. of, uh, what's it called? physical therapy and things of that nature we don't know their background but we know that they look good and we know that they got a 30 60 90 day plan for 30 60 90 dollars or something Mm -hmm. and we're seeing a rise in that we're seeing a lot of people doing all sorts of various things and like these transformation pictures and it's like i say all to supply an alleged demand for perfectionism one way or another Right. right and even um to go back to that whole like personal trainer thing you see their body, you're just like, oh my gosh, I can work towards that. But a lot of times, what what I've noticed with some quote-unquote personal trainers is they have been able to sculpt that body for themselves when it comes to translating the information that doesn't quite translate. 
Because that's not, that's not their calling. Like you're saying, the education behind that is not solid enough for them to be able to translate that information to someone else. And then also, I mean, I don't, I've never bought one of these plans from these, um, like, Instagram trainers or anything like that. But then what what people don't always think about is like okay well you just know you want to attain this physique but are you really willing or do you have the time in your life to do x y and z to change your diet to go to the gym yeah multiple times a day or whatever if you do morning afternoon workout lunch whatever in different places like can you do that but it's just like i want to look good now like i want to do x y and z now like i need this now yeah we're the microwave generation and then also we're seeing like a crazy takeoff in well we always there's all fake hair fake wigs tracks that's never been not like existent for us i'm saying us as black people just like us as women us as people whatever um Mm -hmm. that's always existed like you know the european wealthy people used to wear wigs so when people tell you about black women like ignore that but um we're seeing now with just the natural hair community there's been a rise in like natural hair weaves or natural hair clip-ins and just like that in itself has been like a supply and demand and well my hair doesn't curl like this so i want to weave to make it curl like this curl pattern and you know just trying to find not liking your own like hair texture you want to be natural but like your hair texture still is not good enough yeah i was talking to somebody about that recently yeah Mm-hmm. And I almost found myself in that place, to be quite honest, with the crochets. And I was just like, oh, but I can't get my hair to do this. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's like the weather. I the, Doing my hair in the summer is just always going to be crazy. It's right. always going to look like a wash and go. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm accepting that starting today. Um, but yesterday, fine. your wash and go look was uh, everything. But I kept telling you the that. The thing is, that's not how it was like, supposed to look. That's but the problem. It, great. it that's, did. It did. I'm not point. complaining because actually, if I were to do a wash and go, it won't look like this. I don't know how. I don't know why that doesn't happen. But in the winter, I would twist my hair the exact same way, and it's a different result, which is just yeah. And you know, I know that very well. It just is what it is. But you yeah. know, if I can just get it to a place where I like it, I'm fine. It don't matter. Okay. But um, yeah. Do you want to move on to another line or two? Yes. Did you want to say a line or did you? No, to I think I'm just gonna let you rock it. Okay. So, uh, another line was trying to fix something, but you can't fix what you can't see. It's the soul that needs the surgery. And I think that really addresses the deepest issue of all of this. Is really just being comfortable with who you are, what you've been given. And just like I said before, as far as like body image, if you're doing your best, then be okay with your best. Because, you know, today actually, I found a memory box I created for my 25th birthday. Oh, nice. And, um... There were a lot of pictures in that box of our trip. And I remember so clearly, like, that the year leading up to that, we were working out. We were doing Zumba. We went to that. We did kickboxing prior to Zumba. We went to that gym. And I was like, I'm going to run. And I always made sure Beyonce was on because my, my mind said I need the Beyonce snatch. And I remember just feeling like, okay, I need to snap my body into shape, be perfect. And so by the time we got ready for this trip, I wore um, a lot of one-piece bathing suits. I had one two-piece. That I brought along, but I wore a lot of one-piece bathing suits, and I really remember remember feeling like I'm not confident enough in my body, and like my stomach. It was it was just a stomach thing. Like my stomach is not flat enough. My butt isn't big enough, which is always the thing for me. And um, <clears throat> so, looking at these pictures, like I was smiling because I was like, I looked great. Like I just looked <laughs> perfect. I was fine. There really wasn't anything wrong with my stomach. I know I sucked it in a little bit for pictures, but not. It wasn't significant where I was like couldn't breathe. And my stomach was fine. Like, my butt was fine. I was actually like, girl, your body looks good. I wasn't even eating clean at that time. But um, 
I was just doing what I thought was good. I was working out and obviously it was working well for me, but it's just so interesting how I view my body in this light. And then it takes me kind of stepping out of myself to look back and say, actually, like, you're good. You know, like, you're okay. So, um, just to go back to the whole, it's the soul that needs a surgery. It's, it's just really and truly finding some peace in yourself. And that's something that I'm still working through, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I talk very openly about my body goals and I'm still working. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I feel like I don't really have much. Di- yeah. Like else to say to that. It, mm-hmm. I know. Okay, so by the time this episode comes out, it would have been like a while ago, some a while ago. Uh, like newer pictures of Sammy Sosa was circulating the internet, and he looks oh. even paler than he had been looking. And he almost was rude to say, but he looks kind of like see through. And I know a lot and a lot of people were like, oh, this is self hate, self hate, and like anti blackness and all sorts of things like that. And granted, you can throw him in that category. Um, but it's also just like, like deep rooted, uh, yeah, I guess it is like deep rooted self-hate and I actually feel like I don't know where I was going anymore. Like my mind is completely (laughs) black, but that just, I don't know. That just like made me think of Sammy Sosa and I think, um, there's like how you always constantly like reaching and trying to attain yeah this ideal that you have of beauty yeah and it just sucks that like how you were saying like you can't see how fine you are like it as as you are and it just it really sucks to see the pictures of sammy sosa because i remember when i first saw that he was bleaching his skin and i was like wow like he looks really weird you wouldn't think unfortunately that he could even look weirder than that Mm. and when you go back and see pictures of him as he was born in his like natural melanin state um it's like he was handsome like he was fine like he that is that's so crazy to me how you can just oh my gosh i just saw a picture wow um he's like in a pink outfit or something hat yeah there's a pink hat in a picture but i'm looking at a side-by-side picture of him as well like that's crazy yeah wow yes it just like really oh you know what that's what I was thinking. I was thinking of, like, the whole self-hate thing and just, like, translating it into, like, he hates black people or whatever. And I don't mm. think I really saw anybody making that leap. But that's what was confusing me. But I don't know. Um, but I, I feel like if, if you hate yourself that much to want to, you know, change your skin, I honestly think that it is. It is rooted in hate of the black people because why would you want to look like that? I, I See, I think my thing is, like, I don't. I believe that's a facet of it. But mm-hmm. for me, I, I really... Because when you see those documentaries of like people in the Caribbean, specifically Jamaicans, it's more of the attainability of being white. Yes, right. they hate their, their Yes, they don't like their blackness. But it's like they don't like their blackness because they mentally feel like the whiteness is better, that if they're white, they're right. going to be more attractive. Right. And white is right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know, and I think that's, that's definitely it. Um, I, there's something else that I didn't highlight here, but it's basically along the same lines. It says, TV says, bigger is better. South Beach, sugar-free. Vogue says, thinner is better. Uh, yeah, so I think it's it's interesting having those two perspectives because it's almost, like, confusing in a sense. Like, there's there's on this side, they're telling you that this is what's beautiful. On this side, they're telling you what's 
that this is beautiful but also it just makes me think of the divide as far as like just simple black and white so as a black woman I would say like it's a cultural thing that we appreciate the black body the volu- the voluptuousness of our women right so that's why for me like when I lost my butt I was just like bigger but not too big right and I was just like well what, what am I gonna like, do thick no, but I, not I, fat right exactly and so there's that right and then um she said Vogue says thinner is better or something like that for white people like it's just that like thin and perfect like that's what that's what an idea of perfection is is just being thin mm-hmm. and you know having this this fair skin straight hair whatever for us it's, it's a little bit different the fuller lips are in for us well they're in for them too now you know mm-hmm. but um uh, full lips big butts hips like you you have to have this particular image so it, it's interesting how it's just like almost complete almost completely different on both sides of the spectrum uh, yeah, and like you just you just made it like a black and white thing, but within most races and cultures, like they got their own standards of beauty that they're right. like attaining to. In right. terms of, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna speak too much, but I'm pretty sure like uh, Asian people, be it Southeast Asian or whatever, and yeah. their whole well, the fair skin, and also like I I feel like the length of the hair has to be something, you know. Mm. I know that in some spanish cultures like the longer your hair is they believe the younger you look really yeah it's like mm. uh yeah it's like symbolized with like youth because mm. you have long hair but then for me i'm like at a certain point having hair so long as the older woman actually makes you look older because sometimes these women get these shortcuts like a bob or something like a blunt and then they look so much younger with short right. hair and it's like it's weird like that but um right. But yeah, so different races and different cultures definitely have their own standards of beauty that they... Yeah, for sure. I remember seeing this one episode of True Life on MTV where this Asian girl was getting eyelid surgery um, because because of her eyes, she didn't have eyelids. So what she used to do was put tape on her eyelids and with the eyeliner so it looked like her, her eyelids folded and like creased. What? Yes. So she went and got a surgery for this. Oh my gosh. And I was just thinking like, wow. Like I at that point even haven't been around enough Asians, but I guess in high school, once I saw that episode and I brought it up to a couple of my Asian friends, they're like, Yeah, yeah, like we do like different things to get like the eyelid crease and I was just like, wow. Who would even think that that was like an insecurity? Yeah. Like what? First yeah. off, everybody, I guess, is kind of, like, trying to get y'all hair. And right. here y'all trying to get eyelids. Yeah, like, creases in your crazy. eyelids. And, that's um, crazy. On that same episode, there was a man who was getting calf implants. Because he felt his calves were very small. And despite all the workouts that's he was doing, crazy. they weren't developing. Wow. Exactly. So... This whole perfection is a disease of a nation mm-hmm. and supply and demand. Um, these surgeries were created to supply a demand that people were expressing. Yeah. Eh. For me, like, <clears throat> it just begs the question of, like, how far are you w- really willing to go to get what it is that you're you're seeking? Like, for me, I, I'm not willing to go that far for a big butt. Like, I'm not willing to, to go under the knife for that. Same thing with the stomach thing. Like, I'm not willing to go under the knife for that. I will do as many crunches as I need to. I will run as long as I need to. I will drink as much as many gallons of water and as many green smoothies, but I'm not really willing to go that far. But I think they're also, not for you per se, can be an excessive, like, addictive nature with that. No, I think you sent me something like that. 
And I was like, mm, kind of played with my mind a little bit. Did you send me that? I don't know. I I feel like it was something on Twitter or something that touched on what you're saying. Like there is an excessive, and it there is an excessive nature when it comes to like working out and and eating right too. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I any like it's moderation, anything. So if right. you have not you particularly, but have a physical goal. Let's just say uh, a goal for a flatter stomach. So you believe you're going to do a couple, like an hour or a couple miles on a treadmill. Then you're going to hit all these different crunch machines. And then that's the morning workout. And then after workout, you're coming back. You're doing all these different ab machines, workouts or whatever. And then you go back the next day and maybe take one day off. And then you just continue and continue. It's when you're not giving your body and your mind a chance, a breather, you know. And then for me, I do believe in like workout addiction where you're spending too many hours a day too many hours a week working out because you're just trying to like there's the whole gym rat thing it's like a like a joke but there's like a real serious undertone Girl, to it. i know yeah i know the um obsessive nature of it and i think that yeah. with everybody trying to attain various body goals of sorts that it's like you kind of lose sight of pacing yourself and making sure you are being healthy like yeah. real healthy and not like this obsessive healthy like i'm only like okay so i know people do these 10 day or whatever smoothie challenges right but are you really still providing yourself with the vitamins and nutrients as needed yeah. as you're yeah. trying to obtain this oh i gotta detox i gotta do this like yeah. it seems very for me just like watching or just like i guess consuming by what i'm seeing on social media i'm like there's yeah. like an obsessive and very dramatic uh, culture that's going around uh, these body goals. Like, I kind of actually yeah. don't like that term. Um, body goal? Yeah, because I, I, yeah. I personally, like, I get it, but I yeah. feel that that's almost putting people's physiques on a pedestal and really taking away... Oh, that, that's exactly what it's doing. Taking away from you liking yourself. Like, we yeah. are fine as we are, and I understand yeah. the whole summer body goals. I wanted to look nice in the bathing suit or your swimming trucks and looking nice naked and stuff like that, but I, personally, for me, I'm like, it really needs to start with you saying, like, I look I'm good. Yeah. Like, I look good. I'm going to look better, but I look good as I am right yeah. now, and then that, I feel like, can be maybe the start of not becoming so obsessive and extreme with the things that we do to attain the bodies that we want one way or another and since you're saying that um as we were at carl fest yesterday like honestly i have an because i have such an obsession with the fast stomach big butt thing like i have an obsession with like staring at people's bodies and just (laughs) thinking like hmm i wish my stomach could be just like you know what i mean like i just have this weird just like i kind of zone out sometimes say it's weird it is a little weird because, like, I find myself just really wondering, like, how did you get here? Like, what did you do? Is that genetic? Like, I am just, like, it, it, it is a little weird. Anyway, um, when we were at Curlfest yesterday, like, I was just observing all the different body types. You know, people come dressed in all different types of ways. Like, people have crop tops. People have flowy things. People have all these different things going on. And, like, I was observing the, the fact that there were so many women out there with crop tops on. And it was just, like, an un- unapologetic movement happening. Because you had super slim tummies, you had tummies that were a little bit fuller, but everybody who wore their crop top, they wore it with confidence. As they should. And I really appreciated that because I know me, I remember last year, I'm preparing for Curl Fest, like the outfit that I wore, I had a crop top. And I remember putting it on and I remember telling you like, eh, I don't know if I should wear this because my, my tummy's not right. And you were like, Kadesha, there are some people out there who probably shouldn't be wearing crop tops. Not that I should use that as my measuring stick, but it was just like, They're wearing crop tops out. anyway and they're fine. Right. 
and the same way that you're fine. So it's just I, I it, it it was just amazing to see for me though how people are so embracing of their bodies or appear to be embracing of their bodies that they could throw on a crop top in spite of whatever it is that they had going on in the belly area. It really sounds like you may need to verbally like affirm yourself. Not um, yes. thoughts, but like actually have the words leave your mouth. You're probably right. Um Another thing that I wanted to, because you're just being so candid about you and, like, your stuff, is, like, okay, so I've been battling acne for, like, I feel like forever. I think whenever I hit puberty, acne was, like, I am here with a vengeance, and that's just, it is what it is. So I've uh, now been to, like, three dermatologists. I am not crazy or haven't been crazy about any of them. I think, to a certain extent, they have been helpful, but it really just feels to me like it's one Band-Aid replacing another one, and nothing's actually getting to the root of it and so i mean i find myself um it's not it's not that deep in a sense that like i feel like i can't leave my house i was at a point so i used to be there but i was at a point where like if someone came family or friends came over early in the morning relatively early i'd have to put at least foundation on because no one's going to see me without makeup and um at least foundation. I didn't need to have a full face or whatever. I always in high school went to school with makeup because uh, I had acne and I had acne scars. And even though you if you have acne, you know, make the foundation can't hide the texture of your face. It may hide the dark spots, but still not going to hide the texture. So, like, I went through a lot of insecurities, predominantly in high school, um, a little mm, enough in college, too, because what happened is was the stress of, like, trying to finish college that caused my skin to break out a lot and like everything that I was being given to treat my acne was very topical when I didn't have topical acne my acne was hormonal mm-hmm. it was a, it, it is a hormonal imbalance that's still trying to, I'm trying to get to the root of it um and it's good now to come to the place where some things have been working that I've also just been more comfortable in myself and thankfully I have nice people around me that's not gonna be like oh what happened to your face like for the most part no one's like that maybe my grandmother has semi implied something like that um yeah but like no one has really been like offensive or made me feel insecure um about like acne scars or things like that but what happened is really coming to a place where it's just like i was just getting tired one of just wearing makeup and i i just started to challenge myself a bit in saying well I'm going to go to the supermarket with no makeup and, like, see how that is. And because boys are, like, dumb or whatever, I'm saying they're dumb. They're not all dumb. But they just see a girl and they're going to just taunt her. Not taunt her, but say things to her. And I was like, okay, cool. So I don't have makeup on, but it doesn't seem like I'm that hideous. So maybe I can go a little bit further, like, outside my neighborhood with no makeup. So there were times, like, I would kind of do, like, things like that. And what happened, actually, to be quite honest, is... um. In March, I had, like, this crazy flare-up. I don't know what happened if my diet changed. And I was starting to get insecure about my skin again. And so that's why I went to a new dermatologist. And they had me on medication that was making me physically, like, sick. I felt it was ripping up my stomach. And it got to that point. I felt like I... But I was getting to a very comfortable place where I was, like, I'm almost at a point where I wonder if I could go, like, a whole actual day without wearing makeup. Um, but I didn't, like we had the podcast event and I was like, I need to take whatever I need to take and get the skin under control. And I mean, that's what happened, but kudos to me. Um, recently I was able, I went to work. I had a hat on though and I just didn't wear any makeup. I wear eyeliner and mascara and I was like, "Mm, 
No one has said anything. No one has said that even I look like brighter or I look something's different. But then they're also like white people. So I don't know how much they're going to say if I don't change my hair, I guess. But it was just like, wow, I felt really proud of myself. I was like, wow, I've really come like a long, long way. I feel like in high school, I kind of used to do various makeup things probably to try and like take away from the fact that I had acne. Um, But it's been good in seeing progress in my skin texture for the most part and um and you know unfortunately now i remember that i wanted to do a future topic and i feel like this is just completely screwing that up now (laughs) sharing the story but ultimately no it's fine ultimately this you were being candid so i felt moved to be candid too just about like people do go to extremes and i didn't go to extreme but i felt extreme in the sense of just trying to attain perfection oh and what i was saying is that i do get envious of seeing super dark skinned people with like flawless skin because i'm just like it's not fair like it's you guys are just look gorgeous to me and i'm just like jealous because somewhere in my family is a white person and they done screwed up my skin for me and like look at you and the the white person is really not that far in my family (laughs) but it's it's not white people's fault that i have acne i i okay (laughs) <sighs> it's just that, like, you know. Oh, my gosh. Um, people, as a cure say, they love who they love, so. Okay. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about the fact that, like, I'm always amazed by women who can wear makeup every day. Like, how you got time? Because me, I'm struggling to put eyeliner on every day. Well, it's, I've just been doing it for so long. Right. Like, I, but, I guess, like, I've been wearing makeup a lot since I was, like, 15. Really? Yeah, like I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure like by sophomore year, I was wearing like a foundation and eyeliner and eyeshadow like every day. Wow. And not excessive. Yeah, I then didn't... I didn't know about no contouring and concealer and all that crap. Right. It was just like foundation with a brush and keep it moving. Yeah, I just um, I'm just like look, I'm I'm struggling here. So shout out to y'all who do that. Yeah. This girl cannot. Um. Yeah. So thanks. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you too. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh. Did, so there were no lines in the song that you wanted to touch on. Well, right? the problem is that I didn't go through the song like that. Oh, okay. I was just like, I watched the video and I listened to the words and I'm like, okay, I'm in the headspace. And then I was like, oh, she wanted me to go through the song, and I was like, mm, well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So was there any part in the video that? stood out to you that made you feel like I want to talk about this or no well just in re-watching the whole thing and, and I guess like kind of reliving the experience I was just like well Beyonce used to do pageants so it made sense that this was a theme for this right and mm-hmm. I guess often you just think of beauty pageant contestants as being like airheaded and like they're only pretty and there's nothing like it's probably nothing's hard for them because all they have to do is just like go on stage Mm -hmm. and be pretty Mm -hmm. but they have to fit within a criteria their measurements have to be this their weight has to be that they're like all sorts of stuff like that and even in that sense so go ahead people who pageant like people who make it to the big pageants is something they've been doing for a long time so they're fully invested in it so like you're saying like all the measurements and stuff have to be correct so that means, yeah, I may have to start myself for a few days to make sure that I'm just as perfect as I need to be Yeah, that's, visually to go on to the next round. And and that's just like, especially if they do it for a long time, that's just like mental conditioning to just yeah. constantly being that mind frame. And then, yeah. but now as we're talking about pageants, I'm thinking about athletes 
and -hmm. specifically like um boxers and wrestlers fighters yeah Yeah. they have to be within the weight class and that was another thing i think on true life on mtv it was just about like eating disorders and then they were showing these athletes and the things the extremes that they were going to between the sweatsuits and running and working out and 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 being bulimic and it's just like crazy and then also it just sucks because if you're an athlete like one of the last things you should be is bulimic because you need yeah all those calories you need the food for fuel yeah oh, all that stuff oh but i wanted to go back to something that else that you talked about when you talked about um like the the 10 day smoothie thing mm-hmm. and like those things always really bother me and i'm gonna go on a limb and i'm gonna talk about someone who probably may who may or may not listen to this show but um like the smoothie di- the 10 day smoothie diet diets where you're having nothing but the smoothie or like the water diet where you're just doing water or the juice cleanse where you're just doing juice i just don't think that's healthy i don't think that's conducive because i mean i'm big on my green smoothies yeah but i'm gonna eat i'm not just gonna be out here just straight smoothie because that that's not enough that's not enough to, to sustain you especially if you think you're just gonna do that and then still go to the gym and work out afterwards you're setting yourself up for failure that's i think that's so terrible that's so unhealthy which is absolutely counterproductive to what it is that you're trying to do. Like, we have to just exercise a little bit more wisdom and we have to be just be smarter about what, what it is that we're doing. And I, I mean, I don't know how much research some of those people who do do those 10-day cleanses and stuff like that. And I don't really completely know how it works. I guess it depends on the challenge. But it's also, yeah, it's like, are you possibly putting yourself in, like, a deficit? <laughs> Yeah, you know, because should you have just like one meal and then the two others are juices or something, and right. it does to me also seem like at the end it could be just like a pretty drastic thing to do. Um, but I know people try to lose weight quickly and all sorts of things yeah. like that. So it's just. But like, that's why you shouldn't try to lose weight quickly. That's why you should really be invested in going through with the process. Yeah. Like I like I've learned what what I can do to get my get things down quicker for me, but I'm still in the process, not like completely starving myself. I call it starving myself when I eat nothing but salads and like eat kale all the time. But at the same time, I would I would say I'm not starving myself only because I actually enjoy it. So but like, then also, if, if salad, you're not solely eating kales and salads, like your salads still have chicken, right? Exactly. Or they like, have I'll things eat a salad for in it, like you would have right. like nuts or almonds or walnuts or something. Right. So right, exactly. So I'm beefing it up where it's not like oh my gosh, I'm starving. And people think that um, along with this healthy thing, people think that okay, um, I can only have this portion, I can only have this, and then that's it. If, if you're hungry, that's that's the struggle. Like, you're supposed to be hungry. Nah, my man, you're not supposed to be hungry. You're not. Like, have a snack or two. As long as it's healthy, have a snack or two. You just, I think people just need to uh, just be more wise. Like, these, this really gets me, like, on an emotional level almost, because I just feel for people who don't have the information and aren't really even interested in gaining it. They're just thinking about the quick fix. Right. There's no quick fix to help. I think that's ultimately what, like, this pretty hurts is. It's just, yeah. like, a quick solution to fix to yeah. what you think is a problem. Yeah. Um, also, in the in the video, there's a part where it stops, and um, the, the moderator of the beauty pageant asks Beyonce um, what... Uh, what's her goal or something what's her aspiration in life yeah and she thinks about it and as she thinks about it like she has all these flashbacks of all the things that she's done to get to this particular point and she says to be happy i think that's like that's it mm-hmm. and what's gonna make you happy doing all these things that you've been doing is not you well, have to really they believe that the change the end will make them happy 
If I do X, Y, and Z, then I'll be down a couple sizes and then I'll be happy. Yeah, but I think in that moment, that's not what she was referring to as far as happiness. That she, in the video. that she didn't want to do all that stuff anymore. Yeah, exactly. But I'm saying, like, but for people. Right. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Did, so did he want to go through these questions? Um, yes. So next up, uh, we're just going to, you know, talk about some some other things. So I think we kind of covered this. Yeah. Do you think this song this song still applies on a societal level? Most definitely, because this song is just a couple years old. So Yeah, and like what we're saying, like Instagram, social media just really has a way of attacking our brains and getting in and seeping in and making us think that we're not enough. We're not sufficient mm-hmm. when we are. So this song definitely applies. And I think it, honestly, I think it's going to apply for a very long time. I don't know yeah. if there there will ever come a time where we can say that pretty doesn't hurt. Yeah, no. So that's unfortunate. Does it apply to you specifically? Um, I guess it will have to because I'm still working on my skin. Mm. <laughs> I'm still working on my skin. I'm still working on feeling comfortable in clothing but then i'm also i've also been at a point for a while like i'm just gonna wear clothing that i know looks good on me because then i'll feel good and then i don't have to worry about feeling any sort of way like i know this type of clothing doesn't fit me well and it's probably it's probably going to start messing with my psyche so i don't Mm -hmm. wear it i wear clothes that make me comfortable and then from that i exude confidence because i'm cool with myself right so but so the song applies to me personally in my acne journey Okay. It's not being documented anywhere. <laughs> Which is cool. I think oh, no, fine. I wouldn't. You don't have to. No. We, we live in an age where we document so many But things. I, like, okay. personally have taken pictures before and some of, like, my flare-ups and the progress and, like, dark spots, some fading. But that's for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Track. Yeah. That's good, but, like... Yeah, it is good. Yep. How, uh, well, I would say I, it still applies for you. You just... Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, like, I, I went there. It definitely applies to me and... I'm still working through, like, I definitely have days where I'm like, I'm like, okay, my body's fine, like, Kadesha, you're good. Um, but I, I'm still working through it. And I think I've, since I've been on this fitness journey, like, I think my um, my awareness of how I feel about my body has just been heightened. Mm-hmm. So, then that's not a good thing. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, for me, it's just like, okay, you work out, you present yourself as this fitness chick, you know? Mm-hmm. So people are looking at you and get, but your tummy's full. Like, oh my gosh, what? That's not. No, pretty sure. And even just, I, I was telling you about um, a little bit of a, a argument, I guess, I had with somebody on social media about um, like form and stuff in the gym. Uh-huh. And this particular person, I told you this story though. This particular person had the nerve to tell me there was a snap that I posted of me doing squats. Oh in the yeah, gym. yeah. And they were just like, "Oh no, you have to go deeper. It doesn't look like you're getting those gains." Like. And I'm just like, bruh, like, stay far all the way over there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just said to say, since I'm presenting myself in this light, I feel like people are looking at me like, you say you do this, but you look like this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not what people are saying at all. I mean, it very well may not, but it's just all a personal. It's, it's a narrative you tell yourself. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, so, Monique, what is your idea of pretty? I think this is a very funny question. Um, my idea of pretty is like confidence it's not arrogance it's just confidence i think so many people are pretty i think even more people are pretty with mild to no makeup but makeup makes people look pretty i guess you know whatever 
Um, but it's ultimately, it enhances beauty. Yeah, but ultimately, just like confidence. I I think that's good. I um I didn't really have any idea myself, but I, I'm gonna kind of ride on what you just said. I, I it definitely it definitely begins with confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't view themselves as pretty, and but there's some people who don't view themselves as pretty and who can be like the most the most beautiful people you've ever met. And then there's some people who don't view themselves as pretty, and I feel like that plays in. To them not even looking the part. Yeah. Because if you don't view yourself a certain way, then sometimes you don't keep yourself up to a certain standard. Right, right. And so then, then there's that. Um, but I'm definitely going to ride on your confidence wave. Like, I... <laughs> okay. So, I love the fact that, like, I roll with a bunch of confident chicks. Mm-hmm. So, it does something for my self-esteem. Not say that, like, if I didn't have a bunch of confident friends, like, I would feel ugly and, like... Oh, no, but it can, it can make you start feeling insecure. Right. For sure. Um, so, I... Yeah. I just appreciate the fact that everybody who I, who's in my friend circle, like, everybody is confident in something that they have. We probably all have some type of insecurity about something, but we're all... No, everybody is confident, confident in their physical appearance. Like, if, when, when <laughs> Let's someone... Let's talk about Curlfest. <laughs> no, Curlfest and Curlfest aside, but I feel like everybody that we know and, like, our crew that we share mm-hmm. and, like, our individual right. crews, too. It's, like, once mm-hmm. they know they look good, like, they know they look good. I don't think, yeah. regardless of body size and skin yeah. complexion, texture, hair, all that sort of stuff, it's, right. like, oh, I look cute. Like, that's just it. No, you're right. Like, how, yesterday I said that to us all. And But everybody Remember? felt that way about themselves. Right, exactly. Everybody we felt all, that way about We all came other. prepared. Like, I look cute today. Let me have all my cute friends. And then we all got together, and I was, like, yeah, y'all cute. Yeah, like, but also, like, outside of a thing like Crowfest, Right. On on a regular basis, like it could just be hanging out like you cute. Yeah, and that's just and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I am cute. Not that they say that, but I know that's what they're feeling. You will say I know. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Yo, y'all don't understand. Like I love Monique. When she's extra confident, like you know. And I I have kay? this moment so often, which is It's like, so great. Like, I'm a good catch. Like I know this. Here we go. I was waiting for it. Come on. You're acting. That's you just so bad. You you also know that you know this. And I guess you think that I'm not aware of this because I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I am very well. It's not aware. about me right now. Huh? It's not about me right now. Oh no, I was just letting the people know like I have this dialogue with myself often. Yes. Like, yes. I don't walk around, you know with that attitude like oh yeah right, no i'm a catch but it's just like pff, i already know what i bring to the table and um, i mean you have to so. which is no one has complained about what i bring to the table either it's just like well are you gonna sit down or like what are you doing i'm just saying <laughs> okay so what uh so okay i think i'm gonna answer this for you okay you feel least pretty when your acne has flared up is that is that accurate oh most definitely Okay, so I think we've kind of covered that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other time where you feel least pretty? <laughs> um, TMI, but when my period like is coming, like, it's oh, probably that. You. I'm, like, bloated, and mm. I'm just like, none of my shirts can fit. Like, oh. why is everything so tight here? Um, Being a woman is hard. Yeah, so, you know, that's a thing that, I, that happens about every month for... Uh, it's happening for been happening for a while i think i got a lot more years to go yeah. um so you would think by now i'd get used to it like okay every time this time of month comes my acne's gonna flare up um right. i'm gonna be bloated but it still gets me every month um 
the next time I don't feel so pretty, like I've said this already, I don't feel like I'm ugly, but I feel like, damn, I'm slacking is when I don't get my eyebrows done. Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, once it's yeah, done, yeah, I feel yeah. like, and that's probably why I also felt more confident going to work with um, out in makeup, because I just felt like my face looks fine already, like my eyebrows right, are done. Right. I, like I said, I had the hat on, and I just felt fine. But how about you? Um, I would say I feel least pretty when, like you, when my eyebrows aren't done, when my hair's not done. Um, what else? That's because you don't have any wigs, man. I think that's why I, I said yeah. yesterday, like, I feel like I'm going to jump on that When wig you have a go-to wig, you're like, okay, I'm just going to have to put some twists down, put that wig cap right. on, and pull it right. together. Because, like, when I was, when my hair was, you know, longer, and I was transitioning from um, protective style to just wearing my hair out. Yeah. My twist outs were just <laughs> so rough. Mine too. When I first took out the crochets, I was like, okay. Yeah, and it takes a while if you if you've been wearing crochets consistently for some months. Yeah, and I've never done that before. That was like the longest I've ever worn crochets. Oh, yeah, and every winter that's me. So I'm like always trying to get back in. Mm-hmm. So I be feeling crazy, and that's why I started to do the puff thing this winter. And I was like, this is it. this is it because the twist outs. <laughs> Um, so yeah, when my hair's not done, when my eyebrows aren't done, when I'm not dressed well, like, I don't feel that pretty. Um, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy how, like, outer appearance plays so much into, but even so, sometimes, like, I, I can still sometimes get up and throw some sweats on and feel cool. I just think, like, my sweats just need to be clean and, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just need to be comfortable, like, yeah. Um, oh, is there more? Just see. I didn't see. Oh, I didn't see that question. Um, do you ever fall into hype of living up to societal standards of beauty? Just as far as the fitness, the fitness thing is concerned. Like when when I feel when I feel like my most pretty or when I feel the best about myself is because I've done something according to what I think looks good. You know, yeah. so like if I'm dressing up, like I said, I don't like I don't like when I'm not dressed up. But if I'm dressing up, it's not because I saw something on Instagram and I wanted to look just like that. Or I saw something that somebody else wore and I wanted to look just like that. Like, I have an image of what I should look like <laughs> consistently. And so if I don't live up to what I think I should look like, that's a problem. But society mostly doesn't really. Now, so I don't really care what you think. I think I can be perceived as if I'm trying to live up to some societal standards of beauty. For the th- really? yeah, I said for the fact that I do wear makeup and some days I okay. could wear more, mm-hmm. and for the fact that I wear despite having hair, whatever I wear wigs mm. a lot and crochets or fake hair. So I just feel like I could be perceived not by people who obviously know me or are cool with me, but um just like maybe a bit further out people. Okay. Like she has so okay. much makeup on and fake hair, she might not like herself. Mm. When the fake hair thing is really just, I'm not going to do my hair. Yeah, <laughs> like ever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, in that case, neither one of us really does live up to that society, societal standard. So, there's no way of really coming back from that because we're both, like, pretty much good. Yeah. Are you time to time fine? Ooh, I think I'm I'm pretty, pretty close. Like, you know, I just tried on some things that I have. And I was like, wow, I guess I really have... Um, you know, significantly worked on my physique because I feel comfortable and I feel really cute wearing this right now. So that's that. Um, Unfortunately, I do, I do have a different skin issue that came up. So that Mm -hmm. is making things a little difficult for me. It's not acne related and it's on my body. Um, So like 
dealing with that through the summer has been diff- it's been a little challenging. Um, but I mean, that's really not going to stop me from wearing what I want to make up where I might put makeup on actually, because I am so insecure about it. Okay. But, um, yeah, I think I'm fine. I need new bathing suits. You know? Yeah. I saw some of that one too. So there's that. Um, yeah, I think I've been doing well. Are you? Okay. Well, I don't think you are because you're talking about summer snatched and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. And if you guys read my latest Canadian's corner, you know, I'm not. And the bathing suits that I'm about to buy are just going to kind of fall in line with what I'm saying about myself. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I saw a cute one piece. And like a, um... I've been trying to find cute one pieces because one, you know, I'm actually trying to get in the water and not have to worry about like malfunctions. That happens to you? It can. I just don't want to uh, worry about it. Oh, that's never happened. It happened to me years ago, but that doesn't, yeah. I don't really consider that. And I saw this really cute But you also, like, you don't play in the water like that. I sit in the water. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you don't have to worry about malfunction if you're sitting right. in the water. Like, I'm trying right. to be, like, I'm not trying to be Michael Phelps or nothing like that. But I want to, like, <laughs> I if the wave hits me and I may stumble a little bit, I don't want to be like, ah, oh, damn, like, everybody saw what's going on. Like, I want to feel good. Okay. So, I don't know. Anywho. So that's really it for our topic. Um, we So we're transitioning because we have another semi-topic that we're going to talk about. Yeah, really soon. But in the meantime, you have a motivation that you're posting this week? Yeah, well, it's going to be past tense now by the time this right. episode comes out. So just like right. I was inspired by this episode itself, um, mm-hmm. pretty hurt. So motivation will be like a self-care, self-love tip guide thing. Nice. Um, so I'll have some links and resources for that. And um, that's what it'll be about. Okay. And um, Cadacious Corner is still out for July. And that is my summer snatch. And honestly, like, I want you guys to get in on this with me. Like, I'm challenging you to do this summer snatch thing with me. <laughs> so read the post and tell me what you think. And hashtag CC Summer Snatch as you join this little this little fun summer snatch thing I got going. Beans. Okay. Cool, cool beans. So yeah, so um, our homie Lays, he was listening to the Cure podcast. Their episode, uh, I love who I love or love is love. I'm sorry, guys, I can't remember at the moment, but that episode, and he just commented and he was like, "Hey, girls, like, are you like gonna talk about this? Like, I wonder your thoughts." So this is not gonna be a full episode, and we already did a mini cast, so we weren't gonna do another one dedicated to this. But um. So a couple weeks ago, Dr. Umar Johnson was on The Breakfast Club, and he said some things. He said a lot of things, but a lot of different things. Right. And actually, as I was listening to this, I was like, I could turn this off right now. You know, I was feeling the same way. I But I knew that from seeing the way Twitter was reacting. That's why I, I knew I didn't right. want to talk about it. The way right, Twitter right, right. was getting, I was like, bruh, get this off. Like, can I just mute this whole thing? I should have tried to mute <laughs> his name. I just, I just didn't care. And yeah. for me, I guess it's a bit dismissive. I'm like, if someone says something like very racially charged like a preference that doesn't include black women i i really don't care what else you have to say i don't even want to know the context that that was said in person like i don't you said that that's it i don't i just don't care i can listen to your music maybe i'll watch a movie or whatever i don't know but i don't need to hear right. the dialogue that this exchange was happening right, um, right, right so that's how it was so that's why i really didn't want to but since lays who's a supporter of our show you know, tagged us, commented, and, you know, asked us about this. So we'll discuss it. I actually don't know too much about Umar Johnson. I didn't look him up. Did you? You know, I was supposed to, and 
<laughs> I forgot after I typed that so, up. So whatever. It sounds like he's a big deal. Right, he is, and and that's uh recently. Yeah, and I feel like he. I feel like he's well informed. No, and listening to him, he's definitely very a very educated dude, black dude. Like, right, he knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about, or African American dude. I shouldn't say black. Right, dude. you should say African American. Okay, and it's um, just maybe too important to just think that he's. We can say he's well educated. However, his opinions are a different thing. Right, because you can very well be well, well educated, but then there comes a point where you have to form formulate your own opinions about your your education. Right. right? So there's that. Um, so I we watched the Breakfast Club interview of him, and did you take notes on what you wanted to talk I about? I took or? us a little bit of notes. I mean, I took the, a lot of notes. <laughs> these were some of the the things. The part that I, I believe went off went had a black Twitter going crazy was when he was talking about Frederick Douglass um, marrying a white woman after his yeah. black wife had died. And mm-hmm. he said that uh, Frederick Douglass was suffering from like a Barack syndrome. I was like, when he said that, I was like, wait, but Barack has not remarried to a white woman one because his black wife is still very much alive. And but why did he say that? I also feel like Barack is very, 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 very much in love with Michelle that he may not be married period. If she were to go first, because right. nothing will compare. Like, we already know this. Not even another black woman. She's not going to compare to her. Right. Um. So, yeah. So, he said, like, okay, well, being biracial, he married a white woman because he needed the validation f- right. for his whiteness. And mm-hmm. um, he said, well, also, there's no greater symbol of your loyalty to your struggle than to marry... You and I wrote the same thing. Yeah, then to... Well, that's that's what it should be, the talking points. Um, Then to marry a sister that shares your struggle. And I get that. I do. I also get that many... As he said, many other races, they do project to their children that you should marry within your race. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they always really say because they know where you come from. I feel like that is an African slash black American thing. Um, Mm -hmm. The other races are more about preserving the race, preserving the right. culture. That's right. what they push a lot. Right. He talked about love being a function of your mm-hmm. value and priorities. And right. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I feel like I, that has to be broken down a bit. Right. Um, I don't know if I could break it down, but just, just because, um, it like, cause I think DJ Envy was trying to say about like proximity uh, in terms of like who you love is like who you're around and exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's when he said like love is a function of your values and priorities. But honestly, like I, I would have to disagree with that, it, with it being a, what a function of your values specifically, because I think um, so often people fall in love, they fall in love, right? And so if you're quote unquote falling in love, I don't think that it necessarily has anything to do with your your value, what it is that you value, your value system. You know I what think I'm saying? I think so. I think it may not have much to do with maybe your priorities, right. but I think you can fall in love with the things that you value. And I would like to think that the person you're falling in love with may not have all, but some of the things that you value. Yeah, right. But I feel like there there are plenty of times people fall in love like blindly. And they don't consider all those other things. And I think that's why, that's where divorce comes well, I think, too. Like, if you're talking in the context of marriage. They may not be falling in love with, they don't have their priorities. That's where, I feel like, where the blind part comes in. Not the values. Hmm. I feel like it's more like a, a priority thing. Like, they I, might I not be putting like themselves 
in like making sure that their needs are met as a priority but maybe that co- coincides with the values that they don't value right. themselves then right because I'm, I'm just thinking that if you let's say you fell in love within within the context of Matt well before you got married right and you're married and you guys are still doing this love thing however you decided to get divorced then the value of what marriage is supposed to represent is then lost right because now we're not we're not um, married anymore. The love is generally the love is lost. Not always the love is lost. So does that that's not really a reflection of what you because if you value this thing that you said you did, you would hold on a little bit longer and try to work it out. Well, I think it depends now because if like love is a function of your values, like your value of self and the your mm-hmm. self priorities. Hmm. I guess we're going two different places. Yeah, I think that's just really... And then also, like, I've been thinking more and more lately. I was like, I don't know if I really believe, like, falling in love. I don't... Or maybe I don't want that narrative for myself. I... Honestly, I'm going to agree with you. I don't believe in falling in love. Like, I don't know how that happens. I... I, Well, I I feel like I can get it. But I feel like, for me, I don't want to fall in love with a person. I would like to grow in love with a person. Yeah, I agree. Bear with me. I... There was, like, a saying, like, you know... um. Well, basically, it's like don't let anyone sweep you off your feet because they're in the perfect <laughs> position to drop you on your ass. Ooh. So, <laughs> I've also had to, had to say that to someone. And for a second, oh. they got flattered. They're like, oh, I, I swept you off your feet. And I was like, no, you dropped me on my ass. That's actually what oh. you did. Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice, <laughs> awkward moment there for that person. Oh, but boy. with that saying, I bring that up because that's how I kind of feel about like falling in love. Like falling, I feel like... It's like you can get hurt on the landing and stuff like that. But I yeah. just don't like that whole falling thing. I like the more growing like and building and developing in yeah. love. That just sounds more warm for me. And it's, honestly, it sounds more controlled. <laughs> growing? Yeah, it's gro- you like growing, developing, building. It sounds very controlled. Oh, I just like, I just feel like... You control this love thing. No, here, okay? no, no. I just going to fall nowhere. No. <laughs> I just, I think of it like... That's a very like natural thing, like plants, like you're growing in love, not like a falling tree. Fall, uh, falling can be natural as well, because trees do fall. Just think of on right. I was think of if you were to slip and fall on something, you not that naturally happened, my friend. Because <laughs> nothing there was forced. That's true, but you probably weren't looking where you're going. There's that. Or tripping over your own feet. There's that. Uh, Anywho, so he also talked about um biracial I and mean, multicultural relationships and all that and he talked about yeah, he talked about multicultural relationships and he talked about like multicultural people mm-hmm. i don't like the term multicultural like i, I, think I, I just think of... automatically like biracial well i think it's a difference because i consider myself to be multicultural okay because of my background i, I right. would not say i'm multiracial because that's not true right so i it, it but the multicultural definitely fits. yeah so it's like mm-hmm. how he was using it yeah, because he was using it like biracial, and that's not well. That is true, though. It is true, but he. Sh- I just feel like call it call it spade. Yeah, he like, should have just been using biracial. Yeah, and so my issue there is that he was saying um, he probably is not. I mean, I don't know, but he doesn't seem like he may be in favor with like African Americans and like Caribbean Americans mixing, because uh, that would make them multicultural. And would it like? But if they're all for, if they're all ultimately like African, then is that still fine? I think that's yeah. Think that would so. be fine. I think so. I don't like thinking like this. <laughs> I, he makes you think. Yeah, that way. he does. So um, he was talking about how 
you know, now I guess it's like more accepted, the whole multicultural thing. But back then, like during slavery times or even like after slavery times, when you think about people who are biracial, even though he didn't use biracial, people who are biracial, if it was like a black and white thing, um, you're automatically coined as black. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's paying attention to your white anything because basically the drop of blood rule. Right. But also I think something that he's not recognizing is that obviously, yes, the, the times have changed. And even still, even with the whole drop of blood rule, that doesn't negate the fact that I have a white mom and a black dad or the opposite. Right. You know what right. I mean? The, the reverse of that. That does not negate the fact that I still have two different cultural, ethnic identities that have merged together to create who it is that I am. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying. I'm still I'm still all about like, like I have a cousin who's biracial and I'm just like, girl, you black. Right? You know what I mean? But I don't always, I don't ever completely negate her white side because there are so many cultural things that go on over there and she's grown up on that side that who am I to negate that? Mm-hmm. Who you are? You know who your identity, what your identity is. So I just, I didn't like that. Like that bothered me. Um, I have a couple more things. Um, he said, black men marry white women because they wish they're white themselves. Yeah. He said, like, basically, like, by doing this, this will equate them to a white man because they have, like, his queen. And I was just like, bruh. Mm-hmm. Like, I hear he something else in regards to that, too, because he called them inferior. He said th- that the black man will still ultimately feel inferior to the white man because he's not white, even though this mm-hmm. is probably, like, the closest he can get to being right. white. Um, and then he was talking to DJ Envy and like how DJ Envy should tell his son to date black women. Um, because by not doing that, that's not showing loyalty to his community. And DJ Envy was then just trying to talk about proximity. Like his son is in like a predominantly white school. So he may not really have access to date black women, black girls. Um, and uh, Dr. Umar was just like, so you need to tell him like he needs to date black girls he needs to go to the but you can tell him all you want okay there's that you can tell him all you want but people are who they are yeah people are gonna do what they wanna do and I I don't care how old he is it definitely to a certain extent is proximity cause like I mean my teenage years the boys that I used to talk to just like the boys that were like here and those boys weren't good and eventually they went other places and like you know I went to schools outside the neighborhood outside the borough and I met different people Right. But it's like kind of proximity. Like if I was in right. Southside, I, you know, would just it would have been more, more, more. What? It just would have been more probably. <laughs> okay. More amplified of the the boys around here that I used to talk to. The boys around here were like probably nothing compared to Southside guys, but still, hmm. it could have been better. I I couldn't have chosen better because that's not who I had access to. I feel like the girls now that live over here, though, they the the guys are like nothing compared to, like when we were growing up around here. What do you mean? You don't see clusters of like dudes, boys, of hanging out like teenage boys hanging out like we like I used to when growing up mm-hmm. here. Mm. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they do. And then my neighborhood, uh, our neighborhood had like a whole skateboard phase too. So I'm like, I don't know. Oh, I didn't. I, you don't remember well, that? No, not really. Okay. Well, I can't really say too much more because then I'll be saying where I live. But oh, <laughs> that was like a complete skateboard culture, and um, well, the basketball culture hadn't hasn't faded. No, it hasn't, but it's still not what it used, what it to, used be to be to like mm-hmm. promote that the type of guys that were around to date in teenage mm-hmm. years. Okay. So that's why I say these girls have got it better because. 
that since that basically died or, or it shifted, um, boys don't have to be like that. Hmm. So. And I feel like do girls still go to the basketball courts to watch guys play play basketball? I don't know. Like I I went to the basketball court um, when I was on spring break. The boys well, still play park. basketball, but like the girls don't go yeah. to watch them anymore. Right, right. Because I, I don't remember seeing girls there. I remember seeing other boys watching. Like I think trying to get in. Yeah. I don't remember seeing any girls. Interesting. Huh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, just to go back to like the whole relationship thing and like um, black women and, and white black men and white women, whatever. Um, something that he says was the only is that the only woman on earth who can understand the black man is the black woman. And I understood where he was going with that, but I also I agree and I disagree with that statement um, because I I can't completely understand the black man's experience because I'm not a black man. I'm a black woman. I have my own struggles as a black woman. You as a black man have your own struggles as a black man. What we can, what we do have common ground on is the fact that we're both black. So the struggle is is very similar. However, my mom as a black woman, not that she knew this then, but she would have had to raise me a little bit differently than she had to raise my brother a black, who's now a black man. You know, we, we, we wrestle with things differently. Um, well, now we see with the whole social social justice movement, not not that differently because you know we're all getting killed the same. Right. Um. Uh. Yeah, but in in kind of unpacking that a little bit more too, I've thought about like a lot of people have asked me when I was when I was single, like people would ask me if you if I would be interested in dating someone of a different race, and I always, without hesitation, say no because I personally, like. First of all, I'm not really attracted to white people. I'm not. Um, I'm attracted to melanin. <laughs> like, you got some skin color? Like, yes, I'm here for it. And for me, like, it's always been a thing of, like, quote, unquote, the struggle, too, because I just feel like the, the cultural thing. Like, there, there's just a culture that comes with being black that someone who's not black wouldn't understand. And I'm not even really trying to understand somebody who's not black. Like, if I dated somebody who was white... If I go to your house for dinner, right? Oh my gosh, the food gonna be seasoned or? Why are you doing nah. this? Because I'm just being honest. Like, what's up? What are we? We having casserole? Oh, because I'm not with it. Like, I'm I'm not trying to have nobody's casserole for dinner. Um, and then also, honestly, like in the back of my mind, I'm always going to consider what they're truly thinking about me. Right. Let's let's think about Get Out before Get Out was even a thing. Like that's kind of always how my mind worked when it came to the whole multicultural relationship mm-hmm. thing. Like, I really want to know what these people are thinking about me because yes, you can smile in my face. Yes, you can tell me that you'd vote for Obama a third time. But like, do you really like me? Like, are you truly interested in getting to know me as a person and on a cultural level? Because just to say that I'm interested in getting to know you as a person, like that's cool. But me as a person is a black woman. Like you can't be colorblind. You can't negate the fact that I'm black, that I'm a female, that I have this very big cultural experience that stems all the way back to to slavery. Yeah, which includes things about your culture that you don't want to talk about. Right. Um, But what I find interesting is two things that you said, right? I think you, I would have to say, you made a very understandable generalization about white people's food not being seasoned. Uh, Yeah, I did. And And I'm I'm owning that. Right. And then you also said that you're not interested in learning about anyone else's culture. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think... I mean, if it's... If it's, like, Afro-Caribbean, yeah, you know. Yeah, but I think that's kind of, like, lame. 
because it, it, I, you're, you're I get right. it and it's your opinion i'm not saying you're an yeah. awful person i get it, but i'm just like if anyone else were to say that about black culture wouldn't people like get pitched pitched pitchforks whatever pitch sticks i don't know whatever like the torches when they do that how are you not interested in the black culture black culture made this country like you know <laughs> and it's like yeah but i'm not interested in the black culture like i don't want to date someone that's black because i'm not interested in having to learn about the culture even though it's everywhere and it's actually is pop culture um i just think that if someone else were to say that it would be offensive so i think it's kind of like, yeah it definitely would be offensive but um that's your feelings i get for, it and we've been offended for so long so okay not say that two wrongs make a right but I'm just, and I'm just being honest about preference. Well, this like, is also I don't our prefer, platform, to be honest. So Right, exactly. I don't prefer anyone who's white. Like, I just, I can't see it. You I don't prefer anyone who's not black or of black descent. Right. Because you're, you're going after white people, which is still fine. I am going, but I am going I, after white people, but you're right. You're not interested in anyone that basically isn't of Afro descent. I've seen Asians who I find attractive. Okay, and, <laughs> like, so? I don't know if it goes beyond that. It, right. So you're not interested? You're right. I, I was trying to defend myself a little bit, but not really. No, you can find people attractive and still attractive and still not be interested in actually dating. No, it's true. It's very true. Them or a person like them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I've said it multiple times. Like I'm open. Not that the whole what they're really thinking is would play in in my mind, regardless of yeah. the other race of the the guy or whatever. Um, because yeah, I, I also do feel that there are people that they may not share my experience. It may not be parallel, but they can be compassion, compassionate and yeah, empathetic. I wonder to what extent, like if it hits the fan, like you, you, you have my back. Well, that depends mm-hmm. because you can date someone within your race and things hit the fan mm-hmm. and they still not have your back. You're right. You can date You're someone that right. does, does a, a whammy on you and you have a Sammy Sosa. You're right. Uh, someone just starts bleaching their skin. All of a sudden, you're like, "Yo, do you have like what is? <laughs> are you okay?" And yeah, they there's something that they never expressed to you. Like, how would you deal with that if you find out your partner just started bleaching their skin? Right. I don't know. Right. So. And like, also goes this also goes back to what he made a statement that said, "When you marry a woman's culture, well, you marry a woman's culture, identity, and people." And, and that's something to consider when it comes to relationships, too. Like, it's not just about you and this person. And it's not just about what you see on the surface. Like, there's so many different layers to, to getting with somebody. Yeah. So, you you have to consider all those things. He also said that slavery destroyed the black family. Do you remember him saying that? Yeah. Well, he said that that's a statement, but he actually disagreed with that statement. Uh, I think I may not have been listening too closely. Yeah, so he was, he was saying that this was a statement. And this is, like, an argument that people have. When it comes to like men being present in the household, the black men being present, mm-hmm. and um, he was just saying that, but also that um, black families kind of withstood the, the test of time because even through slavery, people were still getting married, knowing that there's a possibility that they can get killed because they did that. And I get what he's saying, but but the fact remains that families were broken apart because of slavery, right? So you took the men away, and then. And let's say they lived beyond that slavery point and they were reunited with their families. What am I supposed to do now? Like, how am I supposed to interact with this family that I don't really know? Because I, they, we were stripped of each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, and I don't think he really, he didn't really address that. And that bothered me because slavery did break apart the black family. And I think it's just generational. When you think of black men, there are a lot of black men who just don't handle business in the household. You can be married 
and you still not handling your business as a father. Well, that and that's real. You and there's a lot of times where they're not married, they're not in the household, and they're just not handling business. Period. That's just a thing. And I think that so many of our men, they just need help. They need nurturing. They need grooming. But who's there? There's just not enough people around to help. So, like, I, I disagree with him there. Like he's, like I said before, like he's a very intellectual dude, and I am open to hearing some of the things that he had to say. But at the same time, I was just like, my man, you're not really, you're not really addressing these things for us. You're not doing a good job. I have, I have no words. Was there any other point that you wanted to touch on? Mm, nah. Okay. I think there were a few more and then I'm done. N- Kadesha, uh, we, we really can't afford to do a few more. Okay, just one more. What? This has become None, almost like a whole nother, like, <laughs> show. Yes. I know. I think, okay, I think we done. have to keep it moving. Okay, we're done. Well, Lace, we hooked you up. We sure did. Talked about way we more than I was it. trying to talk about. Yeah, because I, I wrote a lot of points down, but it's okay. As long as I was over-prepared, like, I'm good. Yeah. So, okay. um, just to recap and revisit our topic for a second, because I guess this can correlate to a certain extent about self-love and attaining perfection and this whole preserving, you know, keeping with your base and preserving the DNA and the culture and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, I got loyalty, got royalty. But you weren't... Okay. Um... <laughs> so yeah, so just just come with me and put your mind back into that pretty hurts headspace. I found this pretty hurts. There's just in case they need to like be the segue. I found this poem <laughs> on Tumblr by Alexa. If- yeah, I heard the way she just dismissed me. Oh, because she always does it. But how Kay. how many times are you gonna keep interrupting me, Kadesha? Sorry. Okay, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Just needed to address that. I found, <laughs> I found this poem on Tumblr by Alexa Evangelista. Um, it's called "You Deserve Better." It says, "I hope." <laughs> I hope one day your human body is not a jail cell. Instead, it's a sunny two p.m. garden with daisies thriving because of self love. <laughs> Alexa Evangelista, you deserve better. And Kadesha, I am so done. Like if I if I could just take myself out the episode right now, if I could just walk off, you know what I would be like? I would be like in the BT Awards when Joe Budden was done and he just dropped the mic and walked away. Oh, I don't remember that. Because you probably weren't on Twitter because it happened after the BT Awards. And I don't know how because it was all over Twitter and Instagram. There was memes for days about it. I probably went to bed. But um, that would have been me. I would be Joe Budden in this moment, and I would just (laughs) drop the mic and walk away. Like, forget this. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, friend. Okay. In closing, before I completely close, I want to mention to you guys again that we are doing um the Love Connection, our own weekend from Queen's version of the Love Connection. And so the application is available for you on our website, wecomefromqueens.com. It will be a blind date. And um, so far, everyone that has applied, we actually know, and they're legit people. If you are selected to be a part of this, you will be a guest on our show. The date is paid for. The only thing that we ask that you cover, well, that we demand that you cover, is your um, travel arrangements, getting there and back. You have to financially cover that. Um, what else, what else, what else? Oh, we will also be at the venue, but we're not going to be on the date with you. No worries. We're just going to be there for safety reasons. 
Um, and if you have any further questions, you can contact us. Like, you can email us. You can, I guess, leave a something on the website where it says contact us, whatever. DM us, whatever. Um, yeah, so that's that. So in closing, finally, you can connect with us on our website, wecomefromqueens.com, as well as our social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter, at wecomefromqueens. This queens is spelled Q-N-S. You can send us questions you would like us to answer during an episode. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Make sure you rate and review on iTunes. As always, friends, we love hearing from you. Ciao. Bye. Bye.